take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come my friend Cause this is war Welcome to the Thursday edition of Nurses Out Loud with Nurse Michelle. It is a new year with new hope and new plans and new goals. And let's hope for all of us changes for the better. I personally can hardly believe it is 2023. Hasta la vista and sayonara to 2022. It was a rough year for me and a lot happened So we can talk about that a little bit more today, but last week I did discuss the on uh, review of 2022 and gave you all some challenges. So be sure to find that um, at our website. Um, But before we jump in today, I want to remind you that you can join us here every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, Our encore is now being played at 11 p.m. And of course, you can always find our shows at americaoutloud.com slash nursesoutloud, where you can send us an email anytime. It's right there on that page, as well as each of our links to any podcast and show notes that we reference in our shows. Um, You can also listen to the show on podcast. All you need to do is look up Nurses Out Loud on any place you listen to podcasts. And please, when you do find us, if you think something's good, we'd love it if you would rate our podcast and please share our show. I have an exciting announcement. This week, all the Nurses Out Loud are together in Orlando at the American Health and Freedom Summit. It started Wednesday, January 4th and goes through Sunday, January 8th. If you are local, come join us, please. The conference is a place where you are going to be able to find, get the newest science, get the newest protocols and inspiration to raise healthy and most importantly, free families. This year's theme is out of the dark, the uncensored truth. How pertinent. I will be putting a link in my show notes. And if you are in a Florida resident or a nurse who's looking for a place to find like-minded nurses, if you want to hear some amazing speakers who have been out there fighting for the people, please come and join us and you can meet us in person. Um, there are five tracks that are going on um, that you can attend. One Track one is a functional medicine summit. Track two is a pediatric chiropractic conference. And track three is about autism and neurodevelopmental education. And for those who don't know this, um, I had a vaccine injured daughter who it was through neurodevelopmental, uh, the neurodevelopmental approach that we were able to actually help restore her brain, recover her brain. I can't tell you how many times I've taught on that. What I learned because the goal is to teach the parent what we need to know to do at home because weekly go see your PT, OT, and speech person is not enough. You really almost have to learn how to be those kind of people yourself. They train you how to do all of the um, things you need to help recover your child's brain. And for those who have autism, you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, There's also the American Freedom Nurses Summit. That's where we are. And at the Nurses Summit, you will get to hear some excellent speakers, some you're going to recognize, Nurse Jody, Nurse Cammie and Emily, and Nurse Kimberly from Nurses Out Loud are speakers. And there's eight other brave nurses that are speaking as well. Um, I personally will be a part of a group of nurses that are in a roundtable discussion group where there'll be an opportunity to ask questions of all of us. And please, nurses from around the country, if or if you're in the area, please come. And most importantly, what you'll benefit from is discovering that you are not alone. There are many of us out there, and we want you to find out that you're not alone. For the last three years, it has felt so alone to be out there fighting, knowing that there is information that you do not agree with. You're a medical person. You can read the data. Red flags were going up. I know that you're all out there, that red flags were going up for you as well. And you knew you had to say something. You knew you had to act. You knew you had to do something. But most of us really didn't know what that looked like. And for me, the way it looked was as a person who was a 2020 COVID patient, it was learning what happened inside the hospitals as a patient, because at that time I wasn't working in the hospitals. And when that 2020 um, you know, storm hit with the COVID, we were li- literally grabbing for straws, looking for anybody who was out there publishing ways that we as families could find a way to protect our kids because we didn't know what we were dealing with, right? I mean, this was a new thing. Never had we ever heard the words, we're going to lock down the, the country and put you in your homes and you can't come out. And I was living in a neighborhood at the time and people were not walking out and doing their normal walking of their dog. It was just a ghost town. And if y'all recall, there was, I think it was on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. He was showing clips um, every evening of the city streets and they were just ghost towns. So, you know, that was really having an impact on us. But those of us that were in the medical community, whether we were um, retired nurses, nurses inside of doctor's offices, nurses inside the hospitals, travel nurses, whatever it may be, eyes were wide open on this. Like, okay, are we, is there something to do? And some of the nurses that are going to be speaking at this summit are the nurses who were travel nurses who went into the um, ground zero where things were at their worst in New York and other places like that. And they came out and exposed what they were witnessing um, because they're nurses and they know. And, you know, the majority of people that were around these nurses that became whistleblowers, they they were in the minority. And the question, you know, begs to ask is how did all those medical professionals that also witnessed the um, injustice to the patients, the bad protocols for the patients, the bad things happening for the patients in the hospitals, and were aware that their doctor's offices were not giving any kind of guidelines for their citizens, for their members of their practices? What were the people who remained silent doing? Now, um, because I was one of those people that wasn't out there being a travel nurse going into ground zero, you know, I may have been looked at as, you know, one of those nurses that are quiet, but for the most part, we're just trying to find what we need to do for our family and get through the, the time that we were all locked down. Right. And I remember as soon as we, they opened us up in May in Georgia, because I live in the free state of Georgia, um, they opened us up in May, we were out walking our neighborhood. And I felt like it was so important that my neighbors saw me and my family with my kids on my, their bicycles going through the 
going through the neighborhood and slowly but surely people started coming out. But, you know, but back to the nurses, how, how, what did they do? So for me, it was sharing with other families that were focused on being natural. Like what are some vitamins? What are some supplements we need to do? And most of us know that in the community of your doctors, it almost seems like they don't want to have conversations with you prior to 2020. And it's still true today about vitamins and supplements. And, you know, as if we're taking sugar pill placebos by taking vitamin C as if they never took a nutrition class. But uh, I've been in the homeschool community for 29 years, and there's a lot of people who are very focused on um, natural approaches to health and medicine and chiropractic care and things like that. So we were looking at what were the supplements we could be taking. So every morning I was lining up my kids' um, supplements, and there's six of them. And let's see, I think five were living at home at that time. And they were, um, I'd have their coconut oil and their vitamins all in their little pods, just waiting for them. And they would pop them and they had to take their amount of vitamin C every day. And we were doing what we could, you know, but for the most part, none of us were getting anything from our doctors. And I, honestly, I think everybody was such in a um, mind blowing experience that we weren't even thinking maybe, hey, call my doctor and say, hey, what's going to happen if in the event this happens? You you just were not sure what to think, honestly. But for me, I ended up sick with COVID. I had a son who was a college student who went away to a college event after the opening up. Florida was open as well. And this mass of kids from all over the country show up at uh, Pensacola College. And there is a few kids that come down with COVID there, but they weren't directly connected to my son. But when he got in his car and headed back to um, our state, Georgia, um, there were about 25 students on that bus and adults and chaperones. And about five or seven days after that event, 100% of those people, well, I'm sorry, 99.99% of those people came down with COVID except for two students on that bus. And interestingly enough, the only thing that those two students had that the rest of the kids in that group didn't have was that they were the only ones who had never had a single vaccine in their life. Okay. They were never vaccinated and everybody else had had some or partial vaccinations, but this, these particular two kids would go through the next couple of years, never getting COVID. And that's, that's just something that put it in your mind, follow it away. If you remember listening to my podcast last week, um, I was addressing how all these people that suddenly were just coming down in the millions that were fully vaccinated with COVID. So, I mean, fully vaccinated COVID people, They'd gotten their COVID shot. They'd gotten their second, their third, or their fourth. And in 2021 and 2022, they're coming down with breakthrough COVID. And the first thing they were all very fast to say was, oh, my case was so mild. And it's because I had a COVID vaccine. Um, but in reality, um, there's millions of Americans who've never gotten COVID and they've never worn masks and they've done lived their lives freely and there's others that have, you know, hid out, hut, hidden out in their homes and they've never gotten COVID and they may attribute it to that. But reality is whether you've been wearing a mask all the time or whether you've not been wearing a mask all the time, there are groups in both groups that never got COVID. 
And um, that would be something it'd be interesting for the public health people to actually care about and say, hey, you know, we should really study these people, especially these kids who never got COVID, who happened to never also be vaccinated. You know, what a what a group to study um, right now as a little bunny trail, I'll just say this. Um, there is a call for the public health authorities to do a study that has never been done. And if you did my 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals, you will realize that one of the important questions was, has there ever been a study comparing the unvaccinated kids with the vaccinated children? And there has never been that study. And I also exposed last week in my show that, um, what is a problem as well is that when studies are actually done and you look at graphs that are comparing vaccinated with unvaccinated, the group that's called the unvaccinated are, are always lumped with the people who got one shot. That's not called unvaccinated, okay? Um, unvaccinated means you never got a single COVID shot. And we need the public health authorities and we need our senators and our congressmen to hear from all of us to rise up and say, hey, we want accurate studies that show what actually happened to all the people who were never vaccinated. How many of them to this day have never gotten COVID? And of those people who were never vaccinated, how many of them got it and had the same thing these fully vaccinated people claim they had, which is a mild case um, because, you know, I have thousands of followers and a lot of them had a mild case. And a lot of them also had a rough case where they really had a hard time during the Delta wave that came through, but they were seeking help and they were looking for resources. And I happened to be a resource that a lot of them came to. And in that resource that I tried to be, we gave them protocol and I, I call it the snort, gargle, nebulize and supplement protocol. And they would implement that protocol and they would make it through. Some of them really thought, am I ever going to make it through? But you know, what's interesting is the ones that had the really hard time going through their case with COVID, they had pre-existing conditions. They were in that age group past 55 and older, past 50 and older. But the ones who were young, the ones that were, there was plenty of 20 and 30s that reached out to me that were saying, I'm having a rough time with this. And what I would learn is that they either had an autoimmune, known autoimmune condition that they were battling that was either known or not known to the public to them, or they had not known that they had some pre-existing medical conditions. So that was just, you know, my experience that was going on at that time. But one thing was for sure, they were all seeking help. And the sad reality was they were calling their general practitioners, whoever, you know, the, your 20s and 30s are people typically that are not going to the doctor anymore because they're young and vivacious and healthy. And unless they have a pre-existing condition, they're not probably under medical care. So they were suddenly having to call their pediatricians or somebody. And no matter what, the same message was being heard across the wire, the same exact answer. And if everybody doesn't know this, I want you to let it sink in. Um, I have 15 comorbidities. I have a son with a pacemaker. Um, I have a daughter with a vaccine brain injury. I have a daughter with asthma. 
I have a son who is a really stout, healthy young man, but had some, you know, little weird things that happened um, through a few years in his childhood where it looked like he had almost like a rheumatic fever that was a little bit of an oddity. And I have another son that has a, a really uh, unusual GI thing, a blood, a blood disorder that causes a GI problem. So in other words, our, our family makes up a bunch of people who have varying degrees of medical conditions. And so we have a lot of doctors in our lives. And what is terrifying is to realize that all of those doctors, when our family came down with COVID after that son came back from that Pensacola college event, um, he, um, he got it, gave it to us. He was the one with the pacemaker. And um, everybody came down with it within you know 48 hours of getting exposed to him after him coming home. And before five days was up after him getting home, we were all positive. But all, calling all the specialists, the same answer was said, and it was eerie. And every medical professional out there who knows this happened, red flags should have been shooting up in your head left and right. And that was, okay, take Tylenol for headache and pain, take cough syrup, as needed for your cough, but don't go to the hospital until you have difficulty breathing. Okay. So if you're a medical professional, a nurse, a doctor, that should have been very disconcerting to hear something like that. And it should have rocked your boat and it should have rocked your world. And there's a lot of people who it did rock. Okay. And the only way you got rocked initially was to discover that it was true. You know, you had to have COVID yourself, call your doctor and hear it, or you had to be in the um, doctor's offices and you were learning about it. But if you weren't in the doctor's offices and you didn't get COVID, you may not have known this happened, but Tylenol and cough syrup during a let's lock down the whole world pandemic is a bit nonsensical. It, it just doesn't make any sense. You understand? And then for me, I ended up in the COVID unit because obviously Tylenol cough syrup and my vitamins were not quite enough for me because I'm a high risk person. And I ended up in the COVID unit. And my story was that I came in and they did a chest x-ray. And I even said, I want my pulmonologist to look at this when they told me my lungs were normal. I, I had a, um, probably 90 to 89 to 90% oxygen saturation. And I knew my breathing was abnormal and they told me it was abnormal. And I'm like, get my pulmonologist in here. I don't believe this. They said it was normal. They sent me home with nothing. I mean, think about that. I've already been just been told to take Tylenol and only cough syrup. I'm a high risk person. Make me your 80 year old grandmother. And this is what's happening to her. Make me your neighbor down the street that, you know, died of COVID in the hospital and know that they were only told Tylenol and cough syrup and sit at home until you can't breathe. Okay. You can't breathe. You're in, you're in a compromised situation. I'm still not able to breathe at day five and they're not sending me home with anything. And they're telling me my x-ray was normal. Okay. I would decline like people would decline with a pandemic virus in a high risk body because I wasn't one of the fortunate people who had mild cases. Everybody else in my family was already shooting baskets and fine, but mom was not. So, you know, we're all not the same. I just want to remind everybody of that. We all have a different fingerprint. We all have a different retinal scan. We all have a different DNA. Now you can go to ancestry.com and you can find out who's all related to me. But when it comes to a crime, if I go commit a crime and you find my DNA or my fingerprint at the scene of the crime, they're not going to be coming from my relatives. Okay. They might come to my family, 
like they did recently for that murder case. Um, it was due to a registry, a ge ge genetic registry that that murderer of those college students um, was found. So yeah, you can find my family and kind of narrow it down, but it's still Nurse Michelle. This is who I am. So Nurse Michelle isn't you. So of course, Nurse Michelle's body is going to respond differently. I have friends who have peanut butter allergies. I could eat peanut butter till the cows came home. I love peanut butter. I'm never going to have a, a problem with it, but some people do. So a generic across the board, exact same recommendation for a pandemic virus was ridiculous. Tylenol and cough syrup. And I mean, all my people knew that I was a high risk person and it was still Tylenol cough, cough syrup. My son with a pacemaker, still the same. My asthmatic daughter, still the same. A son with a blood disorder, still the same. You know, it's baffling. Okay. So please recognize that um, as we look at this 2023 that we're coming into, if you know anyone who is a deceased COVID person, um, I'd love to hear from you because you need to have a link that I'm going to put in my show notes to make sure that you go to a particular link where you're going to fill out a sentinel report, which means that you're going to fill out a report that probably something went wrong in that hospital because almost certainly something did go wrong. Okay. And I know that because I was in the COVID unit myself. And that would happen on day 10 for me. I would um, decline, like I said, from day five to 10. They gave me no other medicine. I was looking at scrambling as best I could to find my own help, but I could barely lift my arms to pull up the covers on my bed. I could barely lift my head up. I required assistance to go to the bathroom. I, I uh, wanted to just lay in bed and um, survive. But actually what I didn't know at that time was I was actually harming myself, but I didn't have also really good brain function during my COVID. A lot of people reported that as a severe brain fog when COVID hit me. I mean, I would tell you, I was just ignorant. I, everything somebody told me to do, I was like, okay, just obey. And I, I'd say, put the essential oils that we had already agreed on in my essential oil diffuser so I could do steam inhalation. It would be two years later that the FLCCC would document specific essential oils that you should have in your home to do steam inhalation. And I'll drop you that link on my show notes as well. But I'm ending up to, you know, on day 10 being escorted there by um, one of my kids and at the door is the National Guard preventing anybody from coming in with me. And if you didn't know that happened to COVID patients around the country, I want you to let that sink in, okay? The National Guard was at the door armed to keep anybody from coming in with a pandemic virus patient, okay? So you're walking in 100% alone, abandoned, and you have no advocate with you, and you're left to sit in a lobby. Yes, in a lobby with a whole bunch of people that have other emergencies, okay? I'm sitting in a lobby with a pandemic virus, and I even said that to the nurses there. I'm like, are you serious? I, I just have this little pretend little cute mask on that I came in with with flowers on it that I liked, and nobody cared that it was a flower mask. Nobody cared that somebody else's was some other kind of mask. We were just left in a lobby till our turn came. And I could barely sit up. I mean, I wanted to collapse and die because I could hardly breathe. And when they finally checked my pulse oximetry, it was like 80, 80s, 80, low 80s to uh, mid to high 80s bouncing between those two. And they're like, oh, she's a respiratory case. We got to get her in. And they put me in. And the next thing I know, I'm in a COVID unit. And that's where um, this nurse 
gets her eyes opened. And I learned that they take away my EKG that's supposed to monitor my heart. I have a cardiac implant. They're going to take away my EKG. Think about it. Since when do you go to a ICU-like setting and they're going to turn it off because they uh, have policies that say we can't have nurses coming into your room too much because you have a pandemic virus? Okay, I'm like, okay, I'm a nurse. Well, make sure you at least... Um, please let me let you know if it's alarming. Okay. I'll let you know. They took away my pulse oximetry. Remember I came in with an 80% pulse oximetry. You don't take away somebody's pulse oximetry, but that was the policy. And then I would learn also that you, I was not allowed to have my nebulizer breathing treatment. And when they said that to me, that was the biggest wake up call. They said, Oh no, you can only have like albuterol, which is like an asthma drug puffed into your throat and huffed down into your lungs. And I'm like, I can't huff without coughing my lungs out. And I'm like, what is the logic? And the nurse said to me, because I said, nurse to nurse, give me the logic why a respiratory patient in a COVID pandemic virus um, hall full of COVID patients can't have a, that's the policy. What's the logic? And they said, you're the smoke that comes out of the edges, that goes into the atmosphere and lingers in the atmosphere and COVID is there. And you are like the super spreader. If you nebulize, I'm like, I'm on a COVID unit you're you're in all PPE protocol. I am the virus. You're you're in the room with the virus. That's me. Give me my nebulizer. And they they would not let me have that. It was forbidden. I mean, I couldn't even walk to the bathroom without a walker at that time. Absolutely a bad situation. You know, um, I'm having these compression things on my legs trying to keep me from having blood clots. That's, you know, it's, it's almost TMI. But all those nurses that were there, part of this entire system, They knew something about this was wrong. They knew something about it was wrong. So why do we not have millions and millions of nurses, you know, clamoring to talk to their congressmen and saying, I am a witness. I know what's gone down. I want to tell what's really happening. What are you all afraid of? Okay. Because you were taught basic medicine and you know that this is not normal behavior. Okay, you don't not give respiratory treatments to respiratory patients. Um, And there was even rules that you couldn't let even respiratory therapy come in, but maybe once a day because they were protecting their staff from our disease. Right. Because that was 2020. And that's the way things went during that time. But um, before we go off to the break, I just want to kind of bring that back and just say that nurses are out there. You're in the offices. Some of you are retired. You read, you're reading the data. You know, something's wrong. We need to hear from you. We need to hear why you're not speaking. And if you're in Florida, please come and meet us and let's talk to you. You can meet some of the whistleblowers that are there and they'll tell you how you too can be brave and you can be a whistleblower and you can let the knowledge come out that needs to be heard by the public. The public needs to hear from you. We are supposedly the most trusted profession for the last 20 years running. And that is going to change after this pandemic. The the American people are not trusting us right now because the majority of you are not responding appropriately. We go to break. There's something I want to tell you about. I am so excited to have just gotten my Genesis Fogger. I cannot wait to set it up and try it out. If you um, are out there, a nurse, a doctor in a doctor's office, if you're out there looking for a way to clean your air, if you run a store, a business, if you have a shop, if you are a preschool teacher, anybody who has a crowd of people around you, if you're looking for a way to clean your air, 
in your office or home or anywhere else, just go to genesisfogger.com slash out loud and all of our listeners get 15% discount. Um, you can either get the fogger or the atomizer. All you need to do is just click the banner ad on America Out Loud, where you'll see all of our sponsored partnerships at americaoutloud.com and get yours and send me an email and tell me what you think about your Genesis Fogger. It's time and this is We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. A lot of mama bears out there. Um, you woke up a mama bear population during 2020 and 2021, and it went two different kinds of ways, okay? So one way that I'm talking about right now is the truther movement. And then the other way is this radical other side, okay? So there was a dividing force that happened. And in 2022, showed pretty good evidence throughout that year that um, that the truthers everywhere were starting to find each other because throughout 2021, it was very isolating. We were very, um, every time we were trying to speak out, there was a lot of attacks coming at us. We started getting censored and in our censorship, we started finding each other and bonding over our um, persecutions that we were going through. So, um, so nurses that are out there listening and people who are not medical professionals, I just want to remind you, nurses are patient advocates. Okay. And if you're a nurse that worked in hospitals and not in the COVID unit or the ICU, you probably just followed the PPE COVID protocol and you were likely really honestly unaware of the protocols that were going on inside of the COVID units that were harming patients there. Okay. So let that sink in American people and medical professionals listening to me. A nurse is claiming that patients were harmed in the COVID units. Um, and let me tell you how I can testify to that. Okay. So in 2020, after I survived the virus and I was hospitalized in the COVID unit, and I, as I've told you, I, I was on a walker for a month. Uh, I had oxygen at night for three months and um, six months for myself. It, you know, there were six of us, uh, myself, my spouse and four kids all got COVID. Okay. But everybody else was fine within just a few days. I was the lone ranger who didn't do so good. Um, but six months later, my oldest daughter and my five-month-old grandson, who had just moved into our home, like so many other people um, had a collaborative living starting to happen because things went crazy in 2020, I had to nurse her and uh, the little grandson back to health. And, you know, I didn't get COVID again, all right? And But during my recovery, 
I was having a lot of problems and I had a neurologist that was the only dependable person. And I have a lot of specialists. Okay. And he was my advocate. If I read something, I shared it with him. If I wanted it, he would order it. He was so helpful. Okay. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, but my pulmonologist office was awful. I mean, I literally had to battle the head doc of that office in the COVID unit. Didn't know he was the head doc of that office. I'd never met him before. He wasn't my doctor. Um, And then when I was in the office, finally being allowed to see my own pulmonologist, which I was prohibited to do for months, I could not get a chest x-ray. I could not get a CT scan. I was having weird feelings inside my chest. We didn't know yet that blood clots could possibly be in my chest, but I have a blood clotting disorder that can make pulmonary embolisms. And before that was being even talked about, I was having symptoms that look like pulmonary embolism and I was begging for a CT angiogram of my chest. So I was a nurse. I knew what to ask for and I could not get it done for me. Okay. And I finally got to get in there with my doctor and my, that office um, decided that this might be a good time to tell nurse Michelle that she needs to find a new pulmonologist. Now where I live, you have to go 40 miles to find another um, quality pulmonologist. And that's a problem. So no, I don't think so. You're not dumping me just because I'm a problem person all of a sudden. And I assure you, I was a problem because I was questioning what was going on. Okay. And let me tell you what I didn't know in 2020 was that that is a, that was a big problem and it is still a big problem, but I didn't know it yet because it was illogical that I could not ask for basic things that they knew as I, as a medical professional, they knew as medical professionals were reasonable requests, but they were denying it for me. So red flags, they're going up everywhere again. Right. So I had other doctors, I had a cardiologist who was scared to even have any people in his office and was only doing telemed doctors. I had to wait for months for care. And I had a lot of cardiac symptoms going on with cardiac history. I ended up on a you know major testing done months later. So during my actual symptoms, nobody gave me any of those tests. So red flags, right? I had lymph nodes enlarged in my armpits. My breast literally hurt like something was really wrong. My sister had just had breast cancer a year prior, and it wasn't the kind that caused the kind of breast cancer that causes breast pain. Hers was just a lump that was found, and and she found out it was uh, malignant. Well, my breast hurt so bad that I, I started doing some research and found out, yes, there's some very dangerous breast cancers that cause significant breast pain. I could not, I, I have a hematologist that's a cancer specialist and it was almost impossible to get in with him to report something like that and think how bizarre that was. Okay. So I'm one of those people who didn't do so good with COVID. COVID definitely wreaked havoc on my body. And I'd love to know from anybody out there, if you were one of those people who had some of these things happen to you, if you were that 2020, early 2021 COVID person. And, you know, pre-vaccine, there's no vaccine. Um, but the point I'm saying this to you, the reason why I'm saying it is I'm a nurse fighting for myself with medical knowledge. And I was alone. I was abandoned. There was no vaccine in 2020. If you think that, oh, that if you'd only had the vaccine, there was no vaccine. Okay. So if you thought that could have saved me all the suffering, no, there was no vaccine for me. There was no reason for these doctors to be hating on me. I had not rejected the golden COVID vaccine idol yet and become an anti-vaxxer, but they were hating on me. And this was a big wake up call for me. So if a nurse could not get help for months after a pandemic virus, okay, um, we, we have a problem, Houston. All right. Let me give you an example of a crazy thing that opened that I became aware of. So during COVID, a nurse knows 
I need oxygen. I need IV fluids. So there was all these rules that I didn't know existed yet because I'm just a patient at home that's sick, right? Just like you may have been just a patient at home sick, but maybe you didn't have the medical knowledge to know what to ask for. So maybe you just called your doctors, but I knew what to ask for. So um, I needed an oxygen. I needed oxygen in my home and I thought I needed those IV fluids, but you couldn't get an oxygen order unless you had a 24 hour overnight pulse oximetry reading. Okay. So I had a little pulse oximetry on my finger and I would call my pulmonologist and my doctors and say, listen, I've got low, low O2 sats. I need myself to have some oxygen. You know what they said to me? Oh, those at home pulse oximetry little thingies, they don't test accurately. Well, let me tell you, the reason why I got in trouble in that pulmonologist's office is because when I came in for my first day, finally getting to be seen, they put their pulse oximetry on me and I said, oh, look at that. It's the exact same brand I bought off Amazon. Y'all told me that you had a better version here. I don't think so. So these are little things that nurses are, you know, aggressively aware of and I'm paying attention for it. And so I call and say, okay, I need you to order me a pulse oximetry study. Well, guess what? Pulse oximetry machines weren't allowed to be in COVID people's homes. Okay. So I need oxygen. I can't get an oxygen order without a pulse oximetry um, machine wearing for 24 hours. You're not going to allow it in a COVID uh, home because they said it will get germs all over it and we'll have to put the machine in, I think they said 30 days isolation. They had to clean it down with all this super sanitization. They had to put it in this room that they had created for the sanitized COVID equipment. Okay. So they thought the COVID equipment would carry the disease and that piece of equipment would be out of service for 30 days. All right. So all of you out there, you know, there's probably lawsuits like crazy to have here, people. And I'm for you going after them because I was denied the ability to get oxygen because of a policy that the NIH had said that if a person had a COVID, if, if a piece of machinery was on a COVID unit person's or COVID person's finger, they that machine had to be put on isolation for 30 days. There was no science to support that, but that is exactly what was done. Okay. So I was not allowed and I could not get oxygen in my home because of it. And after I would recover, I would be able to get that oxygen finally machine put on my finger. And I was going into the seventies while I was sleeping at night, you know, months after I had recovered from COVID, supposedly recovered from COVID. I already was a person who had um, severe sleep apnea before getting COVID. I've been on CPAP ever since. I used to be on BiPAP. It had degraded to a need for um, CPAP. And what people don't realize is that all the rules for coming in to get tested to find these kind of things were only things that nurses and medical professionals would even honestly think to ask about. So by the end of December 2020, this nurse knew some something needed to happen because if a nurse couldn't get help, I bet a lot of people are dying. Let that sink in. Okay. So I know what to ask for and I can't get it. The average met person out there, I did address last on uh, my last show, the national literary literacy rate for America is a seventh to eighth grade education. Okay. So you read at a seventh to eighth grade education. So the majority of people um, are not out there able to comprehend all the medical data. And, and I was listening to some very complicated YouTube doctors who were trying to do what they could to expose what was happening in the IC unit so I could grow in knowledge as well. It was complicated information, okay? So if you're a nurse and you knew you can't get help, um, I knew that I had to do something. And I thought, you know, I felt a burden. It was just so heavy. And I remember just crying out to God saying, 
surely you don't want me to do this, right? Because I am just some little nurse that I'm not a doctor. Who who am I to do this? But I, it was unrelenting. I, it was a burden you just could not get away from. I didn't want this calling, but I felt it burdened upon me. So I started putting together as much of the details as I could in as most simplified possible I could. And I created what was called the Treat COVID at Home Protocols. And what I did is I got all these brave doctors from around the country and the world who had been exposing data to us slowly but surely. And as that data was coming to us, it was hard to navigate. Like some doctors were recommending this much of one product and one was another, a a totally extremely different. And I thought, I've got to do something to simplify this information. I didn't even know that the average literacy rate was seventh to eighth grade. I just knew that this was too complicated for the average person. And if more people could just know basic nursing knowledge and be able, and somebody could help them interpret the data and make it really easy to understand, they could have a chance. So I created the treat COVID at home protocols. And then as the vaccine rolled out, I also wrote the um, information to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. And I gave an entire, it's 20 pages. I think it's 24 pages. Um, of information to help you make an educated decision about whether or not the vaccine was good for you or not. So remember, I'm coming from the perspective of a, a mother of a child that's severely injured by a vaccine, a chickenpox vaccine. So you don't just go into, oh yeah, I'll jump on and get that warp speed vaccine. Yeah, sign me up. No, I'd read enough by this point after six years in a lawsuit that I knew there was a major problem to pay attention to. So I had red flags. And sadly, as you know, if you read the 20 vaccine questions for medical professionals, you as a nurse will know you don't know anything either. So if you don't know anything about vaccines, you don't go shoving down people's throat and encouraging them to go get the vaccine. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And that's the way it was for this nurse. So. Here you are, um, you're a nurse and you know what's going down around and you think, okay, I've got to write this stuff. I've got to set up an Instagram account. I um, set up a website. I printed up these things and I put them on PDF and you can get them. They're all for everyone to get now. They've been free from December, 2020. Downloads have been in the hundreds of thousands and it is the treat COVID at home protocols. And it is the um, how to choose a vaccine and uh, later in 2021, uh, because Delta was so bad, I came up with the um, first things first document to like, okay, you don't have time. Apparently you didn't read it before. You didn't know about it before. You didn't know anything. You just found me. Here's the first things first document to know what to do fast for yourself. Okay. And these were just brave doctors information that I simplified. It's not like Michelle's um, creation. It was because of these other brave doctors that created it. I just simplified it and called it the snort gargle nebulized supplement protocol. That's Michelle's name for um, everything that all the doctors came up with. And you can get it. It's at advocacywithmichelle.com. And I'm Michelle with one L. So advocacywithmichelle.com, you can go to the resource tab and you'll see a download. There's all, all these buttons that tell you all the things that you can go get and you can get them. Okay, so I did that. That's what I started, the Instagram account to inform the populace. And during 2021, when it was crazy and there were so many people literally dying after the vaccine rollout in the hospitals, I was having the cry of the people begging for help in hospitals all over the country. Okay. So I ended up having to engage from my home via telephone as nurse Michelle. That's who I was calling hospitals to advocate for people. Okay. And it was 100% the same battle, every single state. And that includes Florida. 
I kept trying to notify Doc, um, Governor DeSantis, who was doing so many wonderful things down there, that yes, even in Florida, people are dying because of NIH protocols in those hospitals. And there were pharmacies in, in Florida and every other state that were like, oh, no, we're not going to give you any ivermectin. We're not going to give you any HCQ. I'm like, I have a legal prescription from a doctor. And yes, you are. And oh, no, they weren't. So thank goodness the FLCCC came up with a way to teach you how to confront um, ridiculous pharmacists that didn't know that they were acting outside the law to do what they were doing. But anyways, that's another story. But I started advocating for these hospitals. And I mean, a scenario was an amazing story. I'd love to get the interview on here. An 80-year-old woman, their family's crying out to me, Michelle, She's they're telling us she's going to have to be put on a ventilator. We don't want her on a ventilator. What can we do? So I give them some suggestions that I had learned by that point, some hard way to say, okay, tell them you want her to go to hospice so that you, we can get all the things they're refusing to give her. I gave them a list of things to demand of the hospital. And this 80 year old woman who was supposedly supposed to get a respirator, be put on a ventilator for life support. All of a sudden, not only didn't need a ventilator, according to the hospital, she didn't even need oxygen and she was able to be discharged. That woman walked out of that hospital. She got home. I have a video of that woman singing praises to Jesus. Perfectly fine. Granted. Okay. And able to be nursed and got her ivermectin, got her treatments, and she recovered and is doing wonderful today. Okay. So that is one of many stories, but most of the stories, all of the hospitals said no. They said the exact kind of way to say no. They said no to everything that I gave them with the FLCCC, all the recommendations. And these patients, 100% of the time, when there was runaround, the nurses would uh, pass me off. We'll call you back tomorrow when the decision-making staff would come on. And then finally, you would have to go to administration. The same exact argument every single time. Threats to the family. Uh, removing family from the premises, um, not even allowed inside the hospital, not even allowed inside the parking lot. People do not know this has happened. Okay. So I knew it happened because I had people reaching out to me in the thousands all over this country saying that that was what their story was. So this is not anecdotal. This is what's happened. And nurses know it happened. And you were either part of the problem and were that problem nurse that was awful to me and awful to those families. And you should be ashamed of yourself if you're one of those people out there. But if you witnessed it and you're not one of the people who did the shameful behavior, it's time for you to be a whistleblower. It's time for you to reach out. It's time for you to send an email to us at Nurses Out Loud, and we'll tell you what you need to do to whistleblow. And nursing homes, you know what went down in nursing homes. And nursing homes, you know, some of them are a different quality of care that's going on. But some of you that worked in nursing homes and nursing facilities for the elderly, you know things, you know what went down and you need to come out and you need to speak because um, these are the vulnerable population. There were things that were done. You remember all the videos of grandma from the window crying with Alzheimer's and not, so confused and struggling. There are lawsuits that need to happen. And before 2020, I would have never said I am this lawsuit happy person. Okay. But let me tell you, I am, I am. Justice is needed to occur. The truth needs to be exposed. Some of you are like, enough already with COVID. We're so tired of hearing about COVID. Well, FYI, they keep renewing the state of emergency in this country, okay? It was just renewed again. So as you want to think that I want to move on, COVID's fine. Well, your federal government doesn't think it's time to move on. The emergency acts are still in place for this country. So if you think 
that this can't happen again, or it won't be you, or it won't be your grandma or your neighbor or your friend, you are wrong. Okay. And it's going to take the people rising up and reporting the truth of what they have witnessed, what they experienced individually, what stories they know about, go look into it. Don't just hear the gossip of what happened down the street or in your neighborhood. Go to your friend, to your neighbor and ask and get some details because we're talking about people without medical knowledge. The majority of these people did not die in, in their homes. They died in the hospitals. Okay. So um, I will provide in my show notes, a list of doc, uh, lawyers who are out there, bulldogs ready to fight for justice. Okay. This is let 2023 be a time for justice. Okay. We need to make sure that all of your stories are heard. We need that your testimonies to be documented. So one thing you're going to do is if you were hospitalized in a COVID unit, if you were hospitalized for COVID at all, we need you to go to the link I'm going to provide in my show notes to report a sentinel report, which says that something wasn't done right to me. If you were denied your family member, if you were denied access to a phone, if you were denied the ability to have an advocate, if you were denied any prescription medicines, if you were given a medicine against your will, okay, if your love, if any of this is true for your loved one, it let me just say this to you. If your loved one died in a COVID unit, okay, there is this thing called a medical record that they have left for you and you need to go. It is their last act of righteousness on this earth. Okay. There is a document saying everything that went down in that hospital, every nurse's note, every doctor's note, every order, everything they talked about. It's all in that medical record. Whether you think there was a problem or not with your loved one's death in a COVID situation, you go to that hospital, you ask for a medical records release. You just go to the medical records department and say, hey, I want to get a medical records release. My dad died here. My mom died here. My sister, my wife, whatever died here. I'd like her record. Why? They'll ask. They'll give you a piece of paper. It'll say, why do you want it? You just say for continuing care. Okay. You check the little box, continuing care. If they say, um, you are not that person, well, that person's dead, so they can't sign for themselves. You do whatever it takes to release that record. Whoever has the authority to get that record, whether it's the wife, spouse, whatever, get it. Get 100% of it. Get any scans, any copies of it. And then you go home and I want you to create a three-ring binder with lots of tabs. Put all the labs behind the tabs, doctor's notes behind another tab, nurse's notes behind a tab. And just start organizing this stuff and get yourself some sticky notes and you start reading the information. And when you do not understand something, I want you to look it up and I want you to read about it. And I want you to reach out. You can follow me on Instagram at nursemichelle.rn and you can send me an, a message. Um, sometimes I can't answer the hundreds literally daily that I get. So you may need to send me an email and I'll do my best to try and help you. But your goal is to find out what went down with your loved one. And then I want you to secure one of these lawyers. Okay. And you're thinking, I can't afford a lawyer, right? Well, I mean, if you notice Cami and nurse um, Emily's story, you know that their lawyer didn't charge them anything and they won in federal court. They got their money from the losing side. Okay. So these lawyers do need pay. 
And if any of you out there don't know about these lawyers that are out there on um, the gavel project is one of them. There is a need to donate. If you want to donate, I wish I had done this before the end of the year, but it, let, let it be your tax donation for 2023. Help these lawyers who are literally willing to take everything to the Supreme Court to try and overthrow the overthrow the PREP Act if it comes down to it, to make sure that these patients have a right to go and sue those who have done them wrong. So you can be do, done wrong by neglect, by your doctor failing to provide you medical knowledge, help, and resources that you decline and end up in a hospital with thousands of dollars of medical bills, okay? So without, don't think that you are doing something wrong if you have a Christian worldview that, you know, we're not supposed to take a brother or a sister to the court. That's not what we're talking about here. This isn't some little church setting where a, a sister in the church has offended you. This is uh, the word of God says that the law is for the unjust. Okay. So unjust actions happened for loved ones who have died in the COVID unit. And I could tell you stories that are just unbelievable. Okay. And those people have a, have left you something. And I want you to think of that something, which is called their medical record as a giant torch sitting inside that hospital. Okay. That torch is shining bright, waiting for you to get it and expose the darkness. Light casts out darkness. So that knowledge that's inside that medical record is going to expose the darkness that went down in that hospital. And you're going to find out what actually went on and you'll be able to fight for it. Okay. So we're going to make sure you report a sentinel report initially so that that hospital gets investigated. It you, you don't even have to put your name on it. Okay. But you have to give at least identifying patient patient information so that the, um, I can't remember the name of them right now who go and actually investigate the hospitals. And if this hospital, and if your hospital was one that said, Oh yeah, we're guaranteeing that this is a gold standard hospital, um, a badge of honor of excellence and care. And your loved one died from COVID there. Very good chance. They need to be investigated. So in my opinion, um, I believe money motivated some of the insane things that my patients were denied, that the people who reached out to me were denied. And if money motivated um, some of the decision making that these hospitals did, then it's going to be the loss of money that's going to possibly bring reform. And don't think that you can't do something, okay? All of us can do something. For 2023, I encourage you all to speak. I want you all to speak up wherever you go. I want you to tell your story. I want you to live openly, truthfully about what you have felt, what you've experienced, why you felt like you had to get the COVID vaccine, why you didn't want to get the COVID vaccine, why you got it anyways. And who's to blame there? Um, if there's a college you're looking at for one of your kids for this coming fall and they have a vaccine mandate, you have the wrong college. Okay. Do not tolerate that. Know that there is an exemption for you. Peggy Hall, the healthy American. I'll make sure to leave her citation as well for y'all in the notes. She is a great resource, but here's a very important statement that you would put in any exemption. If you're determined to go to a college that does provide exemptions, but mandates the vaccine. Remember this statement. Let me see if I can remember it off the top of my head. This letter serves to notify you that I am invoking my right to religious accommodation under Title VII of the U.S. Civil Rights Act. Okay, let that be the first sentence you ever write so they know, whoa, this person knows something. 
Okay. The law, they might have a lawyer. Oh, I, I want, we'll, we'll have to talk one time about some of the exemption requirements, not exemption, but what um, students had to face in colleges to get an exemption. It was absolutely illegal. Okay. So these colleges need to be sued or you do not give your money to these colleges. Zero mandates, zero tolerance for mandates. All of us must speak and rise up and absolutely reject mandates across the board. If a business does not let you in because you don't have a mask on, do not go to that business. And I'm sorry for those of you that are in California. I know that there's problems out there that y'all are facing, but I'm just talking to you from states. All of us must resist these mandates. And and you may know there are people out there that believe you're still going to kill grandma if you don't wear a mask. And I can leave you a citation with 150 high quality scientific studies that show that masks are not going to help you in this COVID situation. Okay. So keep that in mind that you have weaponry. I'm going to help you get an arsenal of weapons. I want you to know that all the nurses on Nurses Out Loud are wanting to make sure you have an arsenal of weapons as well. And um, people like Peggy Hall are out there providing you an arsenal of weaponry because you have a right to exemption. You have a right to say no. You have bodily autonomy and you have a right to that bodily autonomy. You have a right to choose what you want. As we wrap up another show, let me leave you with a quote from the philosopher John Stuart Mill in 1867, who had delivered an inaugural address at the University of St. Andrews. He said, let not anyone pacify his conscience by the delusion that he can do no harm if he takes no part and forms no opinion. Bad men need nothing more to complete their ends then that good men should look on and do nothing. He is not a good man who, without a protest, allows wrong to be committed in his name and with the means which he helps supply because he will not trouble himself to use his mind on the subject. Form an opinion, please. Speak out, those who are listening. Do not look on and do nothing. You are not playing the part of a good man or woman in America. Anywhere that you are listening to this, in this war, if you do not protest, you, your senators and your representatives must hear from you. They must hear you say that you expect them to stop the persecution of doctors and nurses. The doctors and nurses whose licenses are being threatened and removed because they differ with public health authorities based on knowledge that they had as medical professionals who believed that that knowledge needed to get to you while you were potentially in ignorance. They were fighting for you. Do not abandon them. Do not just listen on and watch from the sidelines. Persecution is happening. We must do something about it. Those of you who have lost people in 2020, 21, and 22, you have knowledge you can supply to expose the true purveyors of information. So join us on Nurses Out Loud and help us shine the light. Trouble is knocking at our door and we have got to make it known. You are not alone in this battle. Tune in daily at 10 a.m. Eastern as we expose the darkness that's going on in this country. Help us put out a bounty on the real misinformation because this is a war. Fight for your friends and loved ones. Expose the truth, because we are in a war for truth. Oh, 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 oh.
It's time 